before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, and I am so grateful for getting to spend a few minutes with you today. Now, before we dive into this episode, I, of course, want to share a quote that I saw recently that resonated with me, and it says, embrace what you don't know, because what you don't know can become your greatest asset. And those words come to us from Sarah Blakely, the founder and owner of Spanx. Thank you, Sarah, for your wonderful service to all of us women out there. Okay, so let's talk about my guest today. I am sitting down with Carrie Douglas and Allie Fugit, both STR rock stars turned boutique hotel investors. And we are chatting it up about their journeys so far in the short-term rental space, as well as their brand new collaboration together. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my interview with Carrie and Allie. Allie and Carrie, I am so excited to have you with us on today's episode. Before we dive in, I just want to say thank you to you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yes. Excited to be here. This is going to be super fun. So obviously you both have a lot going on in your lives and we're going to dig into that quite a bit. And before we dive into all the questions I have, I just want to start off and have each of you share with us a little bit about who you are and where you live in the world. Ali, I'll start with you. Yeah, uh, so I'm Al Huguet. Uh, we actually live in Dallas, Georgia, in the Kennesaw area, uh, and we actually host in Blue Ridge. So we currently do the co-host model in Blue Ridge, Georgia, and we also own a boutique hotel. I love that, and we're gonna we're gonna be talking lots about that boutique hotel. Carrie, how about you? Yes, I live in Wisconsin in the Lake Geneva area, and we have a a short-term rental single family home in Florida that we are actually getting ready to list for sale. And then we have a boutique hotel here in Wisconsin in Lake Geneva. I love it. I love it. So before we dive into the boutique hotel conversation, because I know that it's such a hot topic and there are so many questions that people have, I'm curious if you could help us understand how each of your journeys started. So Ali, talk to us a little bit. You mentioned you do the co-host to begin with, and how did you get started in co-hosting? Yeah, great question. So uh, my husband and I were in the long-term rental game and a little bit of multifamily before we started along the short-term rental journey. 
And so I was never really sold on the long-term rental game. My husband was very, uh, uh, you know, focused on collecting as many as we could because that was what he felt after reading, of course, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad was the strategy for long-term wealth. So uh, we were going down that path, but I wasn't truly invested, if I'm being honest. So I was looking at the numbers and I was like, this just doesn't make any sense. And I actually fell upon the uh, Short-Term Wealth Secrets podcast with Mike Shogren. And I was just, I just started devouring the podcast and I fell in love and I went back and I took it to him. We were in the middle of remodeling another long-term rental. And I was like, look, like, what if we just tried it on this one and just go for it? I was like, we could totally increase our revenue and, and income. And we did. And so we threw some extra money at it. We started up. It was in a little college town in our hometown and it did amazing. Uh, what we could have made on it was just a few hundred dollars a month on long-term rental. We ended up making about anywhere from $1,200 to $2,000 net profit per month. So that began our journey. And then we joined Mike's Mastermind. And uh, yeah, so from that point to 18 months later, we co started co-hosting in Blue Ridge. And we went from zero to 54 units in 18 months. And uh, along the co-hosting journey, it was just... Of course, everybody's original thought is to purchase, right? And and because you can purchase, you hold more money. And I loved Mike's philosophy on the co-hosting side. So I was like, look, we can do this. We don't have a lot of money to put places right now because we're renovating these houses. And uh, we just started delving in. And our biggest, our first real lead came off of Bigger Pockets. We just started becoming the short-term rental people in the Bigger Pockets community. And then it just kind of grew from there and making our uh, connections with real estate agents in the area that we wanted to be in. Love that. Love that. So much fun stuff to dive into. I just want to call out, you fell in love with Mike's podcast, not Mike specifically, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Do right. we need to have yes. a conversation with Kyle is what I'm really yeah. getting at. <laughs> right. Um, if, we're, if we're being truly honest, like my biggest uh, thing with the podcast was Emmanuel Pawnee because he's my spirit animal. So there you there go. You go. There you go. There you go. He knows. All right. All right. Kyle's in the loop. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. Carrie, talk to us about your journey. How did you get started in the STR space? How did you acquire your property in Florida? Yeah. So I, I loved hearing what Allie said because my, my perspective is a little bit different. So before I answer your question, I just want to mention like Allie and Kyle are using co-hosting as like the cash cow, right? So they have cash to stick into other properties. And I think when we talk about like the cash flow quadrant, having that, you know, income to stick in and invest to buy properties is so important. But for me, I am already out of the W-2. I am in the S quadrant as a realtor. I already work for myself. And so I was like, well, if I go really hard at the co-hosting model, I'm just moving from an, one spot in the S quadrant to another spot in the S quadrant. It doesn't actually change much for me. I already have my real estate sales income that I can put into properties. So I decided not to co-host. That's not really for me because it's sort of the same idea of like you leave your W-2 job, you go from having one boss to having 
20 different little client bosses, right? And that's where I'm at with real estate sales. So for me, it was really about how to get over to the I quadrant. And so when I started looking at how to do that, that was also my my impetus for getting into this altogether was, was Rich Dad Poor Dad as well. And I, I was listening to Robert Kiyosaki's podcast and he was talking about hedging inflation with a fixed interest rate. And this was in 2020 when, you know, all the stimulus checks were being printed and it's like, well, we know that when the government prints, you know, all this money, there's going to be inflation. So how do we hedge that? So fixed interest was, you know, the way that Robert Kiyosaki was describing it. And a lot of people say, including Robert Kiyosaki included, that the best investment's the one you know. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to invest in something, I know real estate as a realtor. So I just thought, okay, this is probably what I need to do is buy an investment property. And then I can, you know, the fixed interest rate allows me to pay back the loan with the dollars that have already seen the inflation, right? So that's that's the cool hedge. And so I went to my husband, who we joke about as the reluctant spouse. And so, you know, we had we had a conversation and he was he's very risk averse. And so he really was feeling uncomfortable. And I didn't care what kind of investment property we ended up purchasing. But Ali, similar to what you said, you know, my husband said, okay, a short-term rental is a property that I feel most comfortable with because he wanted something that he can be really proud of. Uh, and he, so like when I was talking about, you know, a duplex in a, a lower income neighborhood, it was like, that was, that's not a property that he would be as proud of personally. And having the ability to maybe vacation at the property, those were things that my husband was excited about. And so I was like, okay, whatever gets you on board with investing in general, fine, we'll just do it. So, so that's how we started with our short-term rental uh, as like our niche type of property that we were looking for. And then when it came to identifying the market, I looked at migration trends. So living in Wisconsin, we actually have a migration taking place to Wisconsin. And this is not a COVID new thing. This has been happening for the last 10 years. There's a lot of job growth in Southeast Wisconsin. And there are a lot of people uh, just over the border in Illinois who are retiring from jobs who needed to live in the Chicagoland area. And now that they're retiring are looking to stay in the Midwest, but not pay the Illinois taxes. So they're moving into Wisconsin like 60 people a day. And so I recognized that that helps keep our home value stable, even if a recession occurs. And so I went to work looking for the same migration trends in another market when we purchased our first property. So that that's just sort of the long answer, I guess, to how we ended up with our property in Florida. And we love it. It's been performing beautifully. And it it does produce a really great cash on cash return. But we've decided we're going to list it for sale because there's a lot of equity in there that we can use for our next project. So much, so much to do. I said a lot of, lot of information there. Sorry. No, I love it. I love it. And I love that each of you have come at this from very different backgrounds and approaches. But at the end of the day, you're you're still kind of navigating towards one singular focus. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. But each of you mentioned something that I want to dig into a little bit. And it's about how to talk with our hubbies. Because I will share with you, my husband is also someone who he actually isn't necessarily risk averse, but he is the first person to think of all the challenges that could come with 
any adventure. Okay. And so oftentimes, you know, I feel like I have to accept his form of processing information. Okay. So Allie and Carrie, I'm curious when you each went to your hubbies and said, Hey, Allie, you said, Hey, what if we do short-term rental instead of long-term rental or Carrie, you said, Hey, what, you know, what if we start investing in real estate? I'm curious, did each of you have a strategy for how you entered into that conversation? And if so, what was that like? I'll let Carrie go first. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, so it, I did not have a strategy at the time. um, And I'm still developing the strategy today. I will say that like, I'm still refining how I go about these conversations because when we, when we did end up purchasing that first property in Florida, I mean, it's over two years ago and it's worth so much more than we paid for it. And I'm so thankful that I didn't give up when he said no, right? Because the wealth building that has taken place as a result is, is incredible. Like it's more than I could have imagined. Our life is changed because of two investment or two real estate purchases that we've made our first home. I had to kind of persuade him to buy that one. And, (laughs) you know, then the investment property, I had to persuade him to buy that one. And each time we sold our first home to buy our second, and and now we're going to be selling this investment property. Each time we've come out in such a better place financially. And it's like, that's what I want to share with the world. Like that's, that's my mission is how people's lives can be changed through this. And there are some people who just never end up purchasing real estate who rent the whole time. And so I want, I want to shed light on this. Right. But I think helping him see that has been really challenging. And I'm just grateful that I've sort of stayed the course, even though it's been challenging for the two of us. I think the new way that I'm, that I'm trying to approach this is like, he, he is very similar, like you said, Stacy, to, to your husband, where he'll point out the things that will be obstacles. And so I, while I haven't mastered it, my hope is that like, if I go to him and he wants to brainstorm all of the negatives, I, I want to hear those so that I can be prepared for them, right? Let's put all those on the whiteboard. And then after you've gotten them out of your system, can we circle back and look at the potential upside? What if everything went well? And then we can weigh the pros and cons. Like, is it worth these risks if these are the potential upsides? And again, not mastered this in any way, but that's what I'm trying to start thinking. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good, really good perspective. For me personally, I will also say that, you know, my husband and I have been married almost 29 years at the time of this recording. We got married when we were four, by the way. But (laughs) it's a much different scenario having a discussion with your hubby in a traditional relationship versus a business financial investment. So for me, it's been learning how he communicates in the business world and giving him the right tools to make the decision or help process information in his own mind, right? Again, I've known Chad as husband Chad, not business person Chad. And so getting to know that business side and how 
he needs to see information in order to make a decision or a you know a checkpoint as a path to going forward has been eye-opening for me. And to your point, Carrie, it's a learning process. It doesn't just happen overnight. Allie, have you had the same experiences? Some, in some way. Uh, so my husband and I, as of this recording, we'll, we have been together 17 years. And uh, so I think that we are very versed in like the growth as individuals and as a couple together. So when I went to approach him about starting the short-term rental, it was, I knew, I knew what I had to approach him with. And that was like, I had to prove to him with numbers because he is a numbers man. So knowing that from the background we came from of flipping houses and everything else, then I was like, look, no, okay. Like, I'm just going to tell you, like, this is what we could be making because we've already ran these numbers and this is what we could be making. And so when I did that, I think that that left a lot of room for like open discussion because uh, I, I think you have a very good point, Stacey, about like finding out who your spouse is like as a business person versus uh, your, your spouse. And I think that we we made a very good transition into that from when we started delving into a business side and like learning what roles we were each going to take in that business and and how we thought. Uh, because me, I, I am more of the person that it, or I used to be more of the person that was more risk calculated. I mean, I was a teacher, like, and that was safe. And, and so, I mean, except for the chaotic students, everything was safe, but for him, he's always just been like, like put it all out there. But I will say that part of my mind shift change was when we've gone through and like kind of accepted that limitless potential mindset. And when we did that. I think individually as a couple and, and having those conversations became easier because now it's just like, Hey, we're just going to say yes. And we're going to figure the rest out. So I wanted to say too, like you brought up a great point, Stacy, mentioning that you and your husband had been married for how many years and Allie. So you guys have been together 17. My husband and I have been together almost 18. So we are not, the three of us are not talking about new relationships when we're talking about having these conversations. Like these are, these are stable relationships that, you know, for me, I can't speak for you two, but these times of trying to, you know, do something that, that feels a bit risky when my husband is risk averse have created some of the most rocky times in a stable relationship. And so that has been hard for me to accept, you know, that like, my dream is, is sometimes creating a challenge at home. And so that's, that's been really tough, but it, we've definitely figured it out. And we're, and, it, and again, because it is, because it is a long-term stable committed situation, we're committed to figuring it out, but it, it has been tough. Yeah. It's real. For real, for real. So let's talk about that long-term dream because I know each of you have, transitioned into adding boutique hotels into your portfolios. I'm curious about that shift and how you decided to go down the path of expanding into a new asset class, if you will, in the hospitality space. So Ali, I'll start with you. Yeah. Uh, so we, again, we're going along the co-hosting model and my husband, uh, we've been trekking down that multifamily track. And unfortunately with the market shifts, uh, in the area that we wanted to be in with multifamily, it just became very hard to find a deal that was worth it. And so 
I was like, maybe I, I was just like listening again to all these podcasts and kind of devouring things. And we just sat down for one night and I, like we were at dinner and just having a discussion and we we're like, well, we really love the short term rental. It's right. it, it had gotten me out of my job. Like we were working on getting him out of his and we love the multifamily aspect because of, you know, all the benefits that come with that asset class. And we're like, well, what if we merge the two? Like, we know how to do this. We know how to do that. But like, what if we brought them together? And that sweet little boutique hotel dream became like that long shot. And yeah, so we, we, we just decided that that was going to be the right space for us. And we noticed that, again, after devouring like other materials from other people that have gone down this track, it just seemed the right way for us to advance our business, advance our, uh, you know, our growth for our wealth building. And that just became the new strategy. So now we're, we're one in we're we're finishing up on it. And my goal is to have another one by the end of the year. Amen, sister. Love that. Okay. How about you, Carrie? Talk to us about your shift into boutique hotels. Yeah. So mine similarly came from a lack of other opportunities. So when we were ready to go by our second single family, there wasn't a lot on the market that would cash flow. So the, the advice that I had gotten was like, pick a market, scale in that market, because you already have your team on the ground there, right? We already had a very reliable cleaner who we love and a handyman and a runner. Like everything was wonderful in that market, but the property values had increased so significantly over the last few years and the rents did not increase at the same ratio. And now you've got interest rates that were a bit higher. So if I go to do another you know, 10% down second home loan. Now I'm not cash flowing because my mortgage payment and the, the rents that I would be taking in just don't make sense. So I thought, okay, well, that's not going to work. What other options do I have? And so I started looking at my local market because Lake Geneva, Wisconsin is not one of those crazy saturated places. Like you talk, you know, where, where everyone's going, right? Like nobody knows Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. If you're on a national scale, everyone in Chicago does, but nationally people don't know where that is, but it's a proven vacation market. And so I thought, well, let's take a look here, but there are some pretty strict residential uh, regulations. So if you have a single family residential home, there are, there are some significant regulations in the area. And so I thought, okay, well, those regulations don't apply to the commercial properties. And so I started looking at the commercial options and that combined with what I feel is kind of like my driving purpose. What gets me out of bed every day is building and transformation. So building a real estate business from nothing to something was really fun for me. Taking a property that's real, you know, rough and, and needs some love and breathing life back into it and leaving a positive footprint on the community, like that gets me out of bed every morning. So so I started just looking at properties that needed value add, you know, that needed some work, but are in a proven market. You know, they say like the best investment is the ugly house in the good neighborhood, right? So that's kind of what I started looking for. And so I ended up finding two different boutique hotels. I put the first one under contract. It ended up not working out. And then I found the second one and it was a similar price, more units, better location. Everything happens for a reason, right? So so that's the one I ended up purchasing. We closed on it a few months ago and we're not quite as far along as Allie is. We're still working on getting our renovation started, but um, so ours will be a little bit slower launch than Allie's, but yeah, lots of fun. So fun. So fun. So I want to ask you each about the whole renovation process because, you know, a lot of folks think 
Number one, boutique hotels. Oh my gosh, that sounds so exciting yet so scary. Same thing with renovations. A lot of people think, oh my gosh, that sounds so exciting, but OMG, you know, and doing renovations on a multi-unit property also is another added layer to that. So talk to me about each of your renovation projects. What has been your biggest challenge in the renovation so far? And how did you navigate that challenge? Great questions. I'll start, Carrie, if you are okay with that. What? Because it's really funny. Uh, so first of all, I just want to like kind of start the conversation with my husband and I are in a very unique position because we we own a construction company ourselves. So we are the GC and we do everything and we have a team that does that. So uh, we're in a unique position for that. But going into this, like your thought process is it wasn't scary for us for the renovation because, again, we're looking for like the worst place in you know, the best spot that we're going to be able to add that value. And um, so the renovations wasn't scary, but our whole month process was, oh, we do this on single family. We'll just multiply that by 40. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, it's no big deal. They're smaller spaces. Let's just do it. We were wrong. Okay. <laughs> like, let me just tell you, we were wrong and we did not realize what an undertaking this was. It's been fun. It has been so fun. Uh, but we didn't realize what it was. So that's the first thing I want to say. Our biggest uh, setback for the renovation process like that we didn't know was you don't know what you don't know and you can't prepare for what you don't know. And so one of the biggest things we didn't know was when we got in and, and just for listeners out there, it's a 40 unit hotel. It is a complete concrete structure. So there are challenges with that that we had not experienced before because I mean, we're worked on single family homes, right? You could basically tear down and rebuild any part of it that you need to. But so that was one of the main challenges was um, getting in with a new structure like that for us because we weren't used to that. But the second biggest challenge of what we didn't know was when you get in and you take all the stuff out of a building that was constructed in the 60s, the plumbing was a major, major thing for us. We had to replumb the entire hotel. Well, that's a whole new game for us on top of doing it up for a concrete structure. That's completely different. We had no idea the challenges behind that. And then uh, navigating those, the new processes for that with the city and a commercial space. And then all the other pieces that came along with that, we, that was a whole new game for us was stepping in and, and figuring out the processes we had to go through for those pieces with this project. So navigating that was, uh, was definitely, or I mean, we're still navigating pieces of it, but it has been lessened for stress wise because we have been very fortunate to make the right connections. And I can't stress how important if you're going through these projects, whether it's single family or multifamily or whatever is making connections in the communities that you're in because they are going to be the driving forces and they're going to be the people that can come in and swoop and save you and connect you with the right person to move your process along. Absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned those concrete walls because that is a, a legit challenge. Okay. If you have never uh, worked on a project with concrete walls, OMG, I mean, it's tough to mount a TV on a concrete wall. And so if you are doing renovations and looking to tear down walls and reconfigure things, oh my gosh, I can only imagine. 
I can yeah, only imagine. I would say like kind of like the planning thing is we're trying to elevate the experience at this hotel for our incoming guests because we took like surveys and we spoke to people coming to the area and we looked at statistics and everything. And a lot of people are coming in for multiple days and sometimes they're coming with families. So we wanted to elevate the experience of this hotel by offering certain rooms with uh, kitchenettes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that like figuring out the configuration and, and the plumbing challenges that came with that on a concrete floor every floor has a concrete slab and I was like what are we gonna do like how do we do do this so thankfully like I don't have to figure that out we have a team that (laughs) figures that out but that was totally I mean plumbing in a normal house runs through the floor yep you know runs up runs down like can't do that so yeah that was a huge huge challenge Okay, Carrie, how about you? I know you are in a different phase of those renovations, but talk to us about the biggest challenge you have experienced so far and how you've navigated that. Yeah, so I would say actually the one of the really fun pieces about our plan for renovation is that I do have a trusted contractor who was with me from day one and understands and is in alignment with my project. So I took that person with me on the first showing of the property. And before writing an offer, I got like a ballpark estimate for renovation so that I could make sure the numbers penciled out. So important to have that knowledge before going in and just really, really grateful to have wonderful people alongside me who are who can do that piece for me. And who want to see me be successful and, and you know, same for me to them in their business. So I can't, you know, say enough about how wonderful they have been. I think the biggest challenge overall for me probably has to do more with some of the business decisions that I've had to make. So not so much on renovation, but on just like the relationships in business, you know, Ali touched on how important it is to have the right connections. And there were a few vendors or relationships that I entered into on this project that are people who weren't really in alignment with my values and, and how I want to do business. And I have pretty high standards for myself and the project that I'm doing. And So when I've actually over the past month had to have three different conversations that have been really tough uh, with maybe people who weren't in alignment with the way that I'm going. And anytime you have to like end a relationship with a vendor that you've hired or someone that you've decided to partner with, those are tough conversations. And I tell you, I feel like a grown up now, like having (laughs) having to have some of these tough conversations. And some of them went beautifully and I could not ask for more respect from the other party. But sometimes the other party is frustrated about how things work out when it's not in their favor and they lash out back at you. And I have had to trust that like I'm coming from my truth, my place of integrity, even though you're not happy that I don't, you know, want to proceed in this in this vendor relationship. I have to trust that I'm doing what's right for me and my business and like it's put me in this, in this, you know, role of having to think like the leader. I I can't let someone else's frustration with me, you know, affect my ability to move forward that day and still make tough decisions about how to move this business forward. So yeah, just like wisdom lessons, I would say of just like 
here's what it's like to be a grown up and do business. And I mean, I've been a business owner for six years. And prior to that, I was a business manager for someone else's small business. And even though I still already had that experience, I'm still, you know, being refined as a professional today. Such important nuggets there. But I will tell you before those tough conversations, often I'm saying a prayer, okay, for God to give me the wisdom to handle what may be coming out at me in that conversation, but to also give me the right words. Because I think in the heat of the moment, it can be really difficult and challenging because you have to put a barrier up against words that could be potentially coming back at you, but also making sure that we're empathetic and we're we're approaching the conversation in the right way. And for me personally, God helps me with that. So just wanted to share that. Yeah. The other thing I noticed about that is I, I'm trying to give myself time before I answer sometimes. Like just because there's a question that's posed to you right now in the moment doesn't mean you have to answer the question right now. It's okay for me to say, let me think about that. That's a really great question. Mm -hmm. And get back to them after I've had time to think something through so that I don't feel pressured to say yes in the moment to prevent like an awkward feeling, you know? So I think that's just really important. I know we're taking this a weird direction yeah. here as far as business yeah. goes, but when you enter into a boutique hotel situation and you're employing other people to be a part of your dream, that's it. It is. It's not just like co-hosting for someone else. It's running a business. Well, and I think that the other important topic of that or piece to that, Carrie, is like when you're entering into this and you're having those tough conversations, you're not just having them for you. It's not just your dream. It's not just you on the line. We have investors that we are the face of this for them. We we are the, you know, the barrier between whatever's going on that needs to be taken care of and these other people and their money. So yours. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that we we have a lot to consider when when answering those questions and having those conversations. Yeah, that's a really good point, Ali. Really good point. Okay, yes, we are having a fun conversation on so many different topics. And I want to go to another topic now. You both have a fun and exciting collaboration together with your new Facebook group, She Invests, and your new podcast. I'm curious, how did you decide to partner up and collaborate together? And what have you learned from that collaboration so far? Allie, I'll start with you. Okay. So our little background story is we went to the Nashville STR Wealth Conference and uh, Carrie and I have actually, we're in an accountability group together through our mastermind. Uh, so we already had a connection through that, but we went to the conference and she and I, we sat and uh, we we watched the women's panel at the, the conference. And while the women's panel had a lot of great topics and shared a lot of things, I think that were enlightening to some women in the audience or many women in the audience on some of the topics they discussed, Carrie and I were a little upset that they didn't ask these bomb women in this industry some really deep questions 
about their wealth building strategies and the things that come with that. Not just like, what is it like to be a mom and do this? Like, it's it's a struggle. We know it's a struggle. I want to know about like, what decisions are you making as a woman in this business? And like, what are the, you know, the challenges that come with that? But what advantages do you have? And, and, and so forth and so on. And so she and I sat down and uh, we were actually at Dirk Bentley's bar after the Nashville conference and it was so loud and we were screaming at each other back and forth. We were, my voice still has not recovered. Right. Um, That is legit by the way. Yes. I know. Yeah. And we were going back and forth and she had chat GPT up. I had Jasper AI. We had this beautiful plan and we were just putting it in place right then. And we were just like, we're going to create a space where women can come together and talk about wealth building, share their deals. People can comment and invest or, you know, like creating a space for women to have a space safe for those conversations and, and uh, concepts that come with the wealth building. So advice, deals, questions, whatever, uh, you know, they could put it all in there. I love that. And you know, I am all about community and women helping other women. I think it is the most beautiful thing on earth. And the other thing I just want to say, and Carrie, I want you to answer too, is I have nothing against guys, you know, and I I get asked this all the time. And in fact, I received some very nasty, nasty grams from men. Okay. Saying, you know, you're, well, I won't, I won't go into that, but I believe that there is something incredibly powerful about women, women helping each other. And I love that you both are creating and opening doors for women and being a resource for them as they are exploring their own wealth building journeys. So just kudos to both of you. I'm excited for you. Carrie, talk to us about your learnings so far, what you're excited about with this new adventure with Allie. Yeah. And and I think Allie hit it on the head. Like I I think it's really important to know that some of these women in this industry are, they just crush it. And sometimes, like Ali said, when they're being interviewed, they get like pigeonholed into talking about like one particular topic. And I want to know, where did you begin your wealth building? And how often do you review, you review your financial wealth statement, like your personal, you know, financial statement? What does your PNL look like? Like, I want to talk like shop. And sometimes women don't always get asked the talk shop type questions. And so that's what I, what I was excited to create. And I agree with you, Stacey, like, I am so impressed by the men in this industry in particular, coming from other industries, like, Everyone in that I've met in this industry comes from an abundance mindset. Some some of the men that I know have been my greatest cheerleaders and just wonderful friends. And so there's no male bashing that I want to do at all. But I do think there's something important about having other women in the room. And I started out being one of the only women in the room. And when more women came along who are also you know, doing things like this at a high level, it was just like, okay, there's like, I, I got a little bit of a breath of fresh air because there's someone I can relate to. Like 
I remember working in other industries where so much business would take place on the golf course or at the hunt club. And I didn't really get an invitation to that. And now I couldn't sit in the room and hear these conversations that maybe could have propelled me on my journey. And so it's okay if conversations happen at the hunt club or the golf course, but let's also have conversations in spaces that I want to be in or that you want to be in. Let's have the conversations everywhere. We do, Those conversations aren't limited right. to the golf course, right? right? So that's what I was excited about creating. I think it's been really fun. One of the most fun things to answer your question about it has been that people will reach out to me occasionally and just say like, hey, I've got a boutique hotel. I'm considering writing an offer on. What are your thoughts? Like, how how would you analyze this? And it's been really neat to just hop on the phone with them and kind of talk through some things about their deal with them because I love to nerd out about <laughs> the numbers and the and the data and the spreadsheets. And I mean, I know that women in this space get really excited about design and and they like design, but like, man, if we can analyze and and be analytical and run the spreadsheet and and talk like cap rates and and net operating income and that kind of stuff, like. That's, that's what I love to nerd out about as a real estate investor. Yeah. Yep. And I think Carrie, like what we're trying to also is empower women to do that. Right. It's like, if you're, yes. if you're coming to our Facebook group and you, you don't know those things, like reach out to us, like, let us help you because we want you to be a triple threat, just like anybody else in the business. And, and sometimes I think that there is a, you know, a, a, a boundary that women don't want to cross, like, especially when it comes to like reaching out to men to ask for those, to ask for that help, but like they're more comfortable speaking women to women. And so we're just create, trying to create that space to help those women empower themselves and learn and, and grow as a business leader. Yeah. Yes. You shouldn't feel like you have, like, you should feel like there are other women who can help provide the resources for you to have, feel just as, as knowledgeable about going into your deal as anybody else. So I think that's so important to just be here for, for other women. Yeah. I love that. I mean, you know, now you're talking my jam people. I love that stuff. Yes. And you know, to your point, I think the more that we support one another, the more those stigmas and barriers will break down over time. So that's something that's so exciting. All right. I want to move to the lightning round. Now, I've never done the lightning round with two people. So this is going to be interesting. So, Allie, I'll start each question with you, and then I'll go to Carrie. And I'm going to ask you each to answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. First question is, where is your favorite place to vacation? Allie. Uh, the beach. Amen. <laughs> Anywhere. It doesn't matter as long as it has sand and water. Carrie, you agree? The beach. Yes. I love that. Okay. What's one place you've never been that you want to visit? Allie. Paris. Ooh, Paris. Okay. Carrie. India. Ooh, that's the first time I've gotten that answer. Paris is pretty cool. I've never been to India, but Carrie, let me know how it is when you go. Okay. What's one thing that you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out in this world of short-term rentals or boutique hotels? Allie. Ooh, that is a hard question, Stacey. One thing I wish I knew was 
I wish I was better at numbers when I started. I, I, w- I wish I knew how to properly analyze a deal when we started that I know now. Love that. How about you, Carrie? I think it's also a really hard question to answer. I'm not entirely sure. I guess I think maybe I wish I'd been more confident in my own abilities. I second guess myself a lot. All right. That's a great answer. And that's actually something that I think so many people struggle with at every level. You know, you get to a certain level of confidence. And then when you're continuing to push new boundaries, you have this new level of, oh, wow, you're second guessing yourself again, right? So it's that continuous growth mindset. And totally, I'm I'm with you. I understand that. Okay. Best piece of advice you've ever been given. What is it, Allie? From Emmanuel Pawnee. Say yes and figure the rest out. Ooh. Okay, cool. How about you, Carrie? I saw it written recently. It feels hard because it's new. And practice makes it not new. Ooh, that is a really good one. I love that. Where did you see that? dropping bombshells today. I know. I I saw it on a poster in the music department at my college when I was back on alumni weekend. How Just like randomly. cool is that? I freaking love that. That is amazing. Okay. All right. Last question in the lightning round. What's one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? Allie. So I'm just going to be cliche. I am so grateful for my husband uh, because without him, like none of our success together would be what it is today. And of course I wouldn't have my beautiful family and everybody to lean on. I love that. How about you, Carrie? I am super grateful for you all and for the entrepreneurs in this space. Entrepreneurship is a lonely journey (laughs) when when you're the only person in your family or town who who is taking that path. Mm -hmm. And you know, you get together with with the PTO moms for a glass of wine. And they're like, so what do you do for insurance? I'm like, this is not what we're talking about right now. How about the fact that like, I own a business, like that's what we should be talking about. There's a whole discussion around mom play date conversation. (laughs) I know. So I'm grateful for my, what, what would, what would Napoleon Hill call this? Like a mastermind alliance of other people who are on this journey. Allie and Carrie, I'm so excited for your real estate journeys, but more importantly for your journey in collaborating together and helping other women build wealth. Thank you for what you're doing in this industry. And thank you for being with me today. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you. Now, before we wrap up today's episode, I just want to give a shout out to All the amazing women inside my Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. Just yesterday, Morgan Jurgen posted this in our community. She said, hi, everyone. I've been quiet so far, but I have loved being a part of this group and learning from you all. It's great to be part of such a positive and supportive group of women. I just finished renovating my first STR in 30A and would love any and all feedback on my listing before I start marketing it tomorrow. 
thank you in advance. And my friends, within a day, we have 49 women who have jumped in to show Morgan some love, some positive comments and encouragement. And I just want to give a shout out to all the amazing women who continue to support and lift up the women inside of our community each and every day. I want to also call out Elizabeth Carlson, who gave Morgan some love. She said, this is super cute. I'd add a pool photo in the first five photos. And Lindsay Gridley says, cute. Where did you get the bed frame and the patio set? I love them. Jody Barnhill said, so adorable. And Lori Hansen said, wow, it's gorgeous. My friends, there is no reason why we can't show other people love as we are learning in our journeys each and every day. So look for opportunities to encourage others, and I promise you it's going to come back to you in spades. All right, with that, I am going to go ahead and sign off. I hope you have an incredible week, and I will see you soon. Okay, sister, are you ready to start making your short-term rental dreams a reality, but feeling lost, stuck, or just overwhelmed? Here's what I know for sure. You deserve everything you're dreaming of, and you deserve to get it with ease, support, and joy. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar and watch my free masterclass where you will get the scoop on how to leave your W-2 and start building your dream life with five simple steps. If you're ready to have more time to spend with friends and family doing the things you love, adding a ton of zeros to your bank balance and start living your short-term rental dream, you need to watch this masterclass. Head over to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar right now to start watching. That's stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar, and I will see you there.